0: welcome back to half the battle i'm your host as always daniel levy and joining me now is ufc flyweight cody dirt and cody welcome back to half the battle
1: what's going on man glad to be here
0: how was your uh fourth of july weekend
1: it was good uh spent time with the family uh rode jet skis went tubing just had a good old time
0: oh yeah where you go tubing at
1: i went to lake sinclair and then i went to uh lake jackson here in georgia so
0: Okay, that sounds like a good time.
1: Yeah, a lot of fireworks and uh, a lot of a lot of good people.
0: So speaking of fireworks, I mean this last fight you had with JP Buzz. This fight was all or nothing, Cody. I mean it was either you or him. What kind of relief did you feel getting that win?
1: Uh, it was uh, it was great, man. Uh, it was everything I envisioned. Uh, I made a lot of sacrifices this training camp. You know, uh, staying in the hotel next to American Top Team for. Uh, six weeks. And uh, yeah, man, just putting in work every day, you know, even when I'm tired, even when I didn't feel like going, uh, you know, the coaches uh, m- 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 held me accountable and uh, my my teammates held me accountable. And uh, yeah, I knew it was all or nothing. And uh, I came out and I uh, put on the performance I knew I was capable
0: of. Do you feel like now you've established yourself as someone that's gonna stick around in the UFC?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, every the the next fight is always the the most important fight though. So uh we just gotta keep grinding. Uh, you know, enjoy the win a little bit. You know, I've I've put in a lot of work this year, two fights and uh, you know, two two hard training camps. And uh I'm just letting my body heal a little bit right now and uh get back right back to it
0: so jp bias got dropped four times by montel jackson and managed to survive did you think you'd handle him as sweat free as you did
1: i didn't i didn't but man for some reason i just i just kept talking to my right hand i just (laughs) that whole week i said come on baby i know you can do it you know and I, i just had a feeling because i had such a good training camp and i saw improvement in myself you know and uh when you get to this level it's hard to improve and uh when you actually start seeing a lot of improvements then you know then you know you know you're leveling up and uh you know i just i just envisioned it so much you know me me dropping them and finishing them and you know it came into fruition
0: so going into the fight you know, J.P. had a lot of public drama going on, man. A lot of us felt bad for him, myself included. You're a married man. How were you able to separate that and just focus on yourself?
1: Uh, you know, I felt remorse for him as well. But at the end of the day, it was him or me. And uh, I knew I knew I had to, you know, make a statement this fight. And uh, I just saw a lot of holes in his game, you know. Uh, with my striking, a, a lot of people... They don't know that I can strike, you know, and, uh, and it's, it's coming together, you know, as long as you work hard and believe in yourself and, and be obsessed, you know, uh, good things will happen. And, uh, I felt like I turned my career around.
0: When you got the win, you screamed, I belong here. I fucking belong. Was that the best moment of your career?
1: Uh, to this moment. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best moments was getting in the UFC and, uh, I I always told myself I I wanted to win and after I won, I told myself I I, I wanted to finish and I wanted that 50 K and I was so disappointed. I didn't get that $50,000 bonus because, uh, man, I had the performance of the night, watch the whole card. I had the performance of the night, get in, get out. And in as a spectacular fashion as you can and not get hit. And that's exactly what I did. And I didn't get the bonus. So, uh, it just pisses me off and it makes me, uh, makes me, you know, want to work harder and, and accomplish that goal that I wrote down.
0: I mean, on the regional scene, you were known for your first round finishes. It took you until your fifth UFC fight to finally get a first round finish. Do you consider that part of paying your dues?
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, I'm getting settled in, uh, that last fight I really felt like I was settled in and, uh, you know, I was just willing to die for it in that fight. And uh, I told myself, you know, no matter what happens, I'm not tapping. So, uh, yeah, you know, just, just being relentless and vicious. And and uh, that's what that's what leads to being victorious for me. And uh, that's the way I'm going to fight for now on.
0: I mean, obviously, you're disappointed you didn't get the bonus. But, I mean, you keep having performances like that. And I got no doubt in my mind the, the bonuses are going to rack up.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Did you watch the fight card that night?
0: I did. You know, and w- what sucked about it was that the week before, every single finish got a bonus, and then the week after, more than two people got performance bonuses. So they obviously pick and choose, and they have the- every right to do so. It's their company, but it would have obviously been nice to see someone paying their dues get rewarded for their hard work. But at the same time, you come out there the next fight, you never know what's going to happen if you get another finish.
1: So get this, I signed a contract to fight J.P. Vaz on uh, June 18th in Austin. I think it was Dallas, Texas. And uh, I signed the contract, and the next day, uh, you know, Mick Maynard said, hey, we need to move it to June 25th. And I said, okay, whatever. And so watching all those bonuses go out that night, knowing that I would have got a bonus, it's, uh, it's sour, you know. It's sour, but Dan White messaged me. He said he's going to take care of me, and uh, I won't be disappointed, so uh, I'm happy about that.
0: Well, that's good. Hey, there, there's a silver line in there somewhere, right? I mean, you got the boss's attention. He went out of his way to send you a message. He didn't have to do that, so that's actually a good news. That's really good to hear.
1: Yeah, yeah. It still had not came in yet, but uh, it'll come. He's a man of his word. I, I guarantee that.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. So – your fight right before JP Baez, you took on the undefeated Phenom Muhammad Mikhaev in London, and a lot of people close to you advised you not to take that fight. You took it anyways. Is that just credit to the kind of man you are that you'll fight anyone, anytime, any place? Yeah, man.
1: You know, I'm I'm I want to push myself. You know, I'm at that time in my career where I want to be the best and I and I wanna uh fight for the belt one day. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not vocal about that. But uh, you know, those are the steps that I have to take if I'm willing to, uh, you know, get to that belt. And uh, yeah, man, I just I just got caught in that fight. And Makai is a great fighter. He's gonna do very well in the UFC. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's all about your last fight. And my last fight was spectacular. So it's all about it's about the next fight now.
0: I mean, there's a famous saying about this sport that it's about the highest highs and the lowest lows. Were you questioning things at all after the loss?
1: Uh, absolutely. You know, but I knew I was doing the right thing, you know, staying consistent, um, working hard, uh, making the sacrifices and continuing to grow. And, uh, I felt like I was doing all the right things. Uh, granted I didn't get the results. I wanted that fight. I, uh, I still grew personally and uh, and and grew in the sport uh, on the mat every day, you know, putting in the time.
0: What kind of message would you send, not just to other fighters, but to people going through tough times about picking yourself back up when things get tough?
1: You know, you just got to keep pushing forward. You know, this life has ups and downs and uh, no matter what happens, you just got to keep moving forward. I've had a lot of, a lot of uh, mistakes in my life, a lot of, personal growth, but uh you know, a lot of failed attempts as well. But no matter what, you know, you you just have to keep going.
0: So, when we hung out in Florida, you told me, "I've starched a lot of people. It was finally my time to get starched." That was actually pretty mature in my opinion. Do you still view it like that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I've, I've, I've got nine first round finishes. And uh, I have starched a lot of good guys. And uh, Gutierrez was close to getting starched that first round, but you know he survived uh, on six day notice. And right now I'm three and two in the UFC. The UFC says I'm two two and one, but uh, six day notice against Chris Gutierrez is uh, getting a draw as a win in my book, so I'll take it.
0: So you and Muhammad ran into each other at ATT a few months later, and he posted a very nice tweet. Seemed like the beef had been squashed. Did you all get to do any training together?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we trained. Uh, we didn't do any sparring, but we did a lot of reps. And, uh, you know, he's he's a great fighter. He's going to do great. And uh, he just pushed me to work harder, you know.
0: What do you think the ceiling is on a kid like that?
1: 21 years old, uh, you know, being able to do what he does right now with no responsibilities, and it's it's limitless, you know.
0: So your fight before Makayev, you had you fought the Mongolian murderer, Irichi Lang, and it was your first UFC win. It was a gritty, hard-fought decision. And we'll talk about the post-fight speech in a sec, but how important was it for you to have that experience where it's one-to-one going into the third round and you have to dig deep to pull out the dub?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I had COVID five weeks before that fight and I really didn't want to pull out, but I still had the lingering issues in my lungs. And, uh, you know, my nose was was 90% clogged. And, uh, man, it was just, it was just bad training camp and I still got in there and I told myself in the third, I said, he's going to give up before I do. And, uh, that's why, you know, I, I pushed the pace, but I've no, I'm a night and day fighter, uh, better fighter now than I was.
0: You, uh, a hundred percent recovered from COVID, no lingering symptoms or anything?
1: Yes. I, 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 uh, I still can't smell the best as I did before but uh i can still smell but not not as good you know that's it
0: and when was that fight was it back in like december or something i don't remember off the top of my head you said what now november november okay so hasn't quite been a full year hopefully it comes back yeah because i know like when i had covid man like it fucked me up for a couple months it was no joke at all so but i'm glad you're good besides that
1: yeah 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 i mean it was uh I've actually had it twice. I had it in February as well, but February, it was a piece of cake compared to November. I, I was out of training for three weeks and then I had to prepare for Aori. It, it was a mess, man. I was, I was in the best shape of my life. Then I got COVID and everything went downhill and then I was out of training for three weeks and then I was back in training, but I had no cardio and then I had lingering issues in my chest. And you know, I had been out of the UFC with a torn ACL for ten months, not fighting, and I just felt like like I love to fight. You know what I mean? Like if you know me, you know I, I take fights. And 2019, I had six fights. Uh, I mean, yeah, 2019, six fights. 2024 four fights. In 2021, I didn't, I didn't have a but one fight. So I, you know, I was pissed.
0: So you plan to stay super active like you have been in the past?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Fighting's all I do, man. It's all I think about, and uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to uh, reach the top.
0: So the controversial post-fight speech. Let's talk about it now. I have my own opinion on it. I think you were trying to be a heel. I think you were talking shit. But I don't think for a second that you have hate in your heart. I personally think it was bad timing. Uh, You know, a lot of Asians were going through a lot of unfathomable injustices at the time. And there was a hashtag called stop Asian hate going around back then. And coincidentally enough, your post fight speech happened around that time. I personally think it was just a poor choice of words and bad timing. I don't think it's indicative of you having something against a group of people.
1: No, man, if you know me and you know, the gym I'm at and and the, the gym I go and train at American top team, coconut Creek, it's, it's all diverse, you know, and, and they really know me, people know me and who I am and who I, who I've been in the past, you know, uh, I don't judge people, but based on their, their skin color. Uh, I just, I was in the moment. I said something that, uh you know, got took the wrong way. Uh, I just wanted to send them home with a loss, uh, but I, I understand the way it came out. It could have, been controversial but uh yeah that's that's what i meant and that's what i said
0: so i know you a bit better than most and you know me you know i'm a first generation american son of immigrants you've seen my friends you've seen the women i date you know i'm let's just say culturally diverse and if i thought for a second that cody durden was racist or any of these other things you've been labeled as I wouldn't give you the time of day. I'd tell you to go fuck yourself. But I genuinely think this was a misunderstanding and you're not that guy, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think you think. I think you know. You know, you know who I am. I've known you before the UFC and uh even when I was on the regional scene and uh I mean, that's just crazy, you know? But you know, mistakes happen. We learn from them, we grow and uh you know, we just move forward and, you know. Not everyone's perfect.
0: Yeah, but, you know, it's good that, you know, you've learned from it and you picked yourself back up, man. I mean, look at your last fight. That was the perfect example of how to pick yourself back up, how to handle things. And your demeanor was different going into that fight. You know, even in the stare down, you didn't do your traditional kind of Diaz brother type stare down. You actually kind of had your hands down, kind of masvidal it up. Uh, was your demeanor just different going into it?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I got smoked my last fight and, uh, you know, I just, I just wanted to let my fight fighting do do the talking, you know, and, uh, and, that, and that's what I did.
0: That's, uh, exactly what you did. Now, now that you got this dove out the way, you've established yourself as someone who's willing to fight anyone, anytime, any place. What do you want to do next?
1: Uh, man, it doesn't matter to me. Like I said, in the post fight interview. Uh, I don't pick my fights and, uh, I just fight, you know, excuse me. I've had, I've had five UFC fights now and, uh, haven't turned down that one fight up a weight class, six day notice, uh, 30, you know, Makayev. I mean, it doesn't matter to me, dude. Uh, as long as I'm getting compensated for, for my worth, uh, I'll fight and that's all there is to it. Uh, I'm, I'm here to make money and, and, make my family comfortable and and that's that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna do and uh if i get a belt along the way then cool if i don't then i tried my best but uh you can bet when when cody durden signs the the dotted line we're gonna have a hell of a fight you know and people are gonna tune in to, to watch me either win or lose
0: so the usc flyweight division is the most exciting it's ever been literally Is it exciting for you being out here during these times, living your dream?
1: It is, it is. And I just hope that I make it a little bit more exciting, you know, Uh, just a small piece of the puzzle. You know, that's all I try. I try to make it a make it uh, I try to be as exciting as and uh, as an entertainer, uh, entertaining fighter fighter as there is, you know.
0: So now that you've been in the UFC a couple years, I mean, prior to that, your whole career was on the regional scene. What's like the difference been, you know, in terms of like just the whole experience itself, man?
1: Man, it's just everything, everything about it. You know, it's just on a worldwide stage, people from all over the world, you know, after you fight, win or lose, you get a thousand hate messages or you get a thousand freaking uh oh i love you i'm a big fan and uh you know you can definitely you definitely keep your your friends close and your enemies closer
0: so interesting way to put it
1: yeah exactly
0: so how far do you think you are from scratching the rankings
1: i don't know man i don't know uh we'll see we'll see what mcmaynard offers me uh for the next fight i might have one or two At least one this year, uh, if not two. uh, Just waiting on that call to say, hey, do you want to fight so-and-so this date? And you know me, I'm going to say, yeah. So that's what I'm waiting on.
0: You know, Jeff Molina is a guy that you've been calling out for a while. Uh, What is it about that fight that intrigues you so much?
1: And he's easy, bro. Like, I think he's easy. That's it. You know? Uh, He just he he's won three in a row, but he's not, not even fought the as close as competition that I fought, you know, hands down. But, uh, you know, Aori was kicking his ass. He gassed out. Aori came out, uh, and fought me at my worst. And, uh, he was even better fighter than he fought Molina because he knew, you know, he was bouncing around. He wasn't pushing, you know, the, the gas to the pedal. And, uh, yeah, man, I just I just think I'll fuck him up. And if he wants to fight, then we'll fight. If not, I don't pick my fights. The UFC picks the fights. So uh, if McMaynard wants, has a different idea, let's do it.
0: For sure. So, Cody, you down to answer a couple fan questions before I get you out of here?
1: Yeah, let's go. All uh,
0: right, so before I do that, um, is it kind of interesting that, well, firstly, I was going to say, Jeff Molina kind of ignored you until your last win. Is it kind of interesting that now he's inter- that now he wants that fight when he sees your success?
1: Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm not even worried about Molina. Like, I will fuck him up. I'm not even saying that to to like I will fuck him up. He he's, I mean, how, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna out wrestle me? Is he gonna stop my takedowns? Is he gonna is he gonna uh uh, out cardio me that's his best chance but I mean dude I train with the best guys in the world American top team and uh you know Jeffrey has called me so so much shit I'm a piece of shit I'm, I'm a racist I'm this I'm that man give me that fight I promise you you'll see another Cody that you haven't seen before because I will train my fucking ass off and I will fuck him up
0: so did you catch a uh, iori's fight after yours, man? did you see how he handled that dude
1: yeah yeah dude aori is so strong uh you know in the grappling department uh he he's not a big grappler but dude just positioning i mean he's he's a strong dude and uh you know he's about three inches taller than me and i knew i knew he was uh you know after the after the first round and i started losing my wind i could i could tell that he was uh he was a strong guy.
0: How does that dude make 25s? I
1: don't. He, he don't know
0: more. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was it his last fight at 35s?
1: Yeah, yeah. His last fight was uh, Cameron Ellis, and uh, he TKO'd him in the second. I think it was second round. I was watching that fight, and uh, yeah, he looked good. He looked good.
0: He, he destroyed that dude. It was impressive. But yeah, good point. I forgot that he moved up. Yeah, I'm not surprised, though. I mean, that dude was massive.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he was uh, definitely cutting a, a lot more weight than he should have should have been.
0: Uh, so let's get to these fan questions. So MMA Locker Room said, Cody, is the JP buys fight the first time that you bet on yourself? I seen the ticket.
1: Uh, I, I didn't bet on myself. I posted a ticket and uh, it was a ticket that a fan sent me. And uh, I just put the knuckles to it and everybody thought I bet on myself, but betting on yourself is illegal
0: no no betting against yourself is legal betting on yourself is not
1: you learn something every day because i have espn reporters and all kind of crazy shit uh messaging me saying betting on yourself is illegal i don't know what the rule is i didn't though, so uh i was in the fighter's hotel the whole week so i couldn't have got out to bet on myself
0: yeah, I mean, it would only be illegal if you bet against yourself because then it would kind of be like fixing a fight or throwing a fight, but betting on yourself is completely fine. So, whoever told you that is completely full of shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll send you the message after this.
0: Okay, sounds good. All right, AY says, "What part of your game do you feel like you can improve the most?"
1: Uh, definitely my jiu-jitsu, you know. I've uh I've had three fights where uh I've had the sit uh I've been in the situation whether to finish the guy or I got finished, and it, it was on the ground. Uh, part of me says that's that's my best attribute is my wrestling and my jiu-jitsu. But, you know, you got to look at how you lost. So there's been two fights in the UFC I've lost via submissions. So uh, I focus on my jiu-jitsu a lot
0: so I mean you're a, a former state champion wrestler is it just a matter of I mean are you putting on the gi more are you training more nogi like what's what's the deal in no, terms no. of improving that aspect
1: if I was fighting in the gi I would put the gi, gi on but I mean it's not the 1990s I don't fight in the gi and everything in the gi is totally different than nogi and uh the wrestling is a totally different sport than jiu and you got to find that even balance like uh Charles Oliveira or Islam Makachev.
0: So Sarah wants to know what did you mean when you said I belong here?
1: Man, my back was against the wall and uh, I knew it was either JP or myself and uh, I just knew I just know that I belong in the UFC and uh, I haven't been able to perform uh, how I how I really feel I can perform until that night.
0: Now, let me ask you just building off what you said. Is it been a mental thing? Has it just been kind of trying to pay your dues? Like what do you think has been the deal? Just a bunch
1: of controversy in the fight camps. Uh, you know, tearing my ACL in the Jimmy flick fight, getting caught in the flying triangle. Uh, you know, I've never gotten need in the jaw. I got need in the jaw. got caught in the first round. I mean, uh COVID coming back from ACL surgery. I mean, it's just I've been through a lot and uh now I finally feel that I've hit that second gear and that uh we're improving again.
0: Yeah, I mean you see a lot of guys they get released, they don't get re-signed after their first contract. So to still be here on, you know, your second or third, whatever the case is, I mean, it's gotta build your confidence.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So jsj J 23 said, Mokaev gave you props on the Dan Lambert podcast. What is it like training with him?
1: Oh man, he's a solid, solid guy. And uh, I got to know him really well. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best, you know, uh, I can feel that he put our fight in the past and I put my fight in the past with him. And uh, we just focus on our next fights, you know, we cross paths, but, uh i really felt like him and i both you know we talked it out and uh we just sped off each other and, and wanted to improve off each other you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean i think sometimes when you meet someone in person it's completely different you know you might see some things on tv you might see some things on the internet but when you actually get to meet someone face to face you can see what kind of person they are
1: yeah exactly especially when you're not competing against them you know
0: yeah, for sure. So he also asked, uh, who do you think has the best MMA wrestling right now at 125?
1: Hmm. Oh, man, what's that? I think it's David Dvorak.
0: Yeah, yeah from Czech Republic.
1: Is that the guy with the uh, earpiece?
0: Yeah, he just uh, lost to Nikolaou.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I think his, his wrestling's real solid, you
0: know? Interesting. I I didn't think he was going to be the the answer you gave.
1: Who are you thinking?
0: Let me pull up the rankings. That's actually a really good question, in my opinion. Um, so let's see who we got at twenty-fives. That's actually a wrestler. Um, there's the Russian asker Askarov. He's
1: yeah yeah that I that I think that's who I was thinking of.
0: Oh uh, oh yeah no he's the one with the earpiece yeah asker Askarov.
1: Yeah 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 he's the one I was thinking of
0: yeah yeah. He also lost a fight recently. I don't remember to who it was like a close, close decision. Um, do you remember who it was to?
1: I can't recall off the top of my head. Was yeah. it uh France?
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Kai Car France. Good, good yeah. memory, good memory. Yeah, I mean, dude, is it exciting? Like, I know I asked you this already, but looking at the top 15 right now, I mean, flyweight. It's never been this stack, man. Because I remember when Demetrius Johnson was was the champ, the guys he was fighting against. I mean, there were some studs, don't get me wrong. I mean, Henry Cejudo's a stud, but there were also a bunch of filler fights. There were the Chris Carriassos, there, you know, this and that. Whereas there's not a single filler fight in the top fifteen right now at Flyweight.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it's exciting for sure. You know, I just gotta keep my head down, keep grinding and uh Take it one fight at a time, you know?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's that's probably the right way to go. So, AY said, who is your number one pound-for-pound UFC fighter right now?
1: Mm. You're probably not going to like this answer.
0: All right, let's hear it.
1: I love Kamaru Usman, you know, but I think uh, Volkanovski is the pound-for-pound king right now.
0: Why am I not going to like that answer?
1: Uh, I mean, everybody keeps saying Kamaru Usman, Kamaru Usman, but dude, look what Volks doing. He's active. He's in in the ring like every three months, and man, he's just so fast and so explosive. And uh, I mean, there's no give up in him, dude. Did you you know he inspires me? When I saw him in that guillotine, and he didn't tap, and and he got out of it, and came back and won the fight. Dude, that's inspiring,
0: you know? Yeah. Uh, one thing I've always said about Volk, I mean, obviously, what you talked about, the heart of a champion. But, dude, his fainting game is so elite. He's got these guys mesmerized when he's out there. It's crazy because, like, you know, Max Holloway is almost six feet tall. Volkanovsky's is, like, five foot six. And Volkanovsky's fighting, like, the longer guy out there. It's, exactly. it's pretty
1: in his jab and i'm like geez what is going on <laughs> you know because that that hardly ever happens and that right there uh that's why i think he's a pound for pound
0: how do you think he'd do at 55s
1: think he'd do well Think think he, he would do well i mean you know like he doesn't you would think that he doesn't have the body stature for fighting but the way he he lands that jab and his speed is just it counteracts all of that you know so i think he would do very well at 55 and the thing about it, the thing about it is is we're going to find out we're going to find out by the end of the year you know cuz he's going up he already said it
0: yeah i'm curious if you know him surviving that guillotine and that triangle against t city is at all like indicative of him surviving similar spots against Charles Oliveira or if Charles Oliveira's MMA jiu-jitsu is better than Ortega's like I'm curious to see that that stylistic matchup.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know Charles Oliveira has holes in his game. I mean, he's been dropped the last three fights. You can only take so many of those shots, you know, before you can't come back from those, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And and we see right now we 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 see Volkanovski as he's unstoppable, you know. Even though Max Holloway knocked him, well, I think he knocked him down twice in three fights, but I mean, it wasn't like crazy knockdowns where he was out of it, you know.
0: Yeah, he recovered pretty damn quick, uh, dudes. He's something else, man. Like if if you're gonna study someone, he's a guy to study, in my opinion. Exactly. Cause like Izzy is amazing too, but like Izzy's got gifts. Like Izzy's six foot four. He's got the near eighty inch reach. He's athletically gifted, so he can get away with stuff that other people can't get away with. Not not to discredit him. He's an amazing fighter, of course. But Volkanovski is he has to work harder. You know what I'm saying? He has to uh, be smarter than everybody else because he doesn't have those same gifts that someone like Israel Adesanya has.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean his cardio. The, you know the stamina, the 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 head movement. I mean, he's just. I think he's a pound for pound right now.
0: Yeah, and evidence to that is him staying active, like you said, and also wanting to move up to fifty fives. Um, you don't see a lot of the champions. You know, it's been a while since we've seen someone test their luck up a weight class, and yeah. that that is what pound for pound means. Exactly. I'd be curious to see him against Islam Makachev. You know, one thing I've been talking about on the show for a while now is these guys that can attempt takedown after takedown after takedown and not get discouraged if the first few get stuffed. Those guys are matchup problems, like the Bryce Mitchells, like dudes that can just wrestle relentlessly. And, you know, you might stuff the first three or four, but you're not going to stuff the fifth, sixth, and seventh. Like, that's a style that gives a lot of people issues.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you told me that too. You know, I remember when you told me that and, uh, it made me think like, yeah, you're right. You know,
0: I actually saw you post uh, a picture of you and Bryce in the training room. Did y'all get to do any work together?
1: No, no. I just, uh, like I said, I, I trained alongside him. I watched him and, uh, man, I can't even pronounce his name. Algernon Sterling's best guy.
0: The uh, Marab.
1: Yeah. Marab, Yeah. 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 I watched him train together and, uh, I was just hitting pads right next to him, I asked Bryce if I can get a uh, picture with him. And then I, I ran into him a few more times. And, you know, we talked about deer hunting, fishing and real tree outdoors and all kind of stuff. So it was it was good meeting him.
0: Did you get to see any nice scrambles between Bryce Mitchell and Mirab?
1: Oh, yeah, a lot.
0: That's awesome. I bet they were going at it.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they were for sure. They did a lot of rounds especially when I'm cutting weight. I'm like, damn.
0: Yeah. So another fan question, uh, AY wants to know, how do you feel about the current title picture at 25s, and are you committed to 125, or is 135 a real option for you?
1: No, no, I'm committed to 125. I've I've always made weight. Uh, five fights uh, in the UFC, I've, I fought four of them at 125 and never miss weight. I don't have a problem with that. And uh, the current title picture is, uh, man, I think Pantoja is is the best flyweight out there right now. You know, he's got two wins over, uh, I think two or three wins over Moreno. And uh, I don't know what Figgy's doing, but I saw a video of him the other day, and he looks about 160 pounds. So, (laughs) 125 anymore.
0: Yeah, how that guy makes weight. I mean, he's probably got to make a ton of sacrifices to to make the weight.
1: Oh, man. I mean, he he's killing himself. You know, he's really killing
0: himself. So a couple more fan questions, and I'll get you out of here. So James D says, Cody, how hard is it to take hits in the UFC? Can you compare it to something? I don't know how y'all do it.
1: Uh, I mean – that's kind of a weird question. I mean, because I got kneed in the chin by somebody running at me, and I landed—I landed on my hand and my butt, and I popped right back up. So for me, it's—it hasn't been that hard, you know, because I have a really good chin. But for other people, you know, getting hit by 50 fibers and one welterweights, man, I couldn't imagine, you know. <laughs> But when you get hit by 125ers, I mean, it's not as bad as getting hit by Francis Nagano and he uppercutting you from hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember that knockout?
0: Oh, of course. But, I mean, you, you I know, you know, you're kind of being humble about it. But, dude, like, you were in there with Chris Gutierrez for three rounds. He's a guy that's fought at featherweight. You felt what those kicks are like. So, you got a little perspective on this?
1: Oh, okay. So, when you, when you talk about, I mean, he said hits, not kicks. Kicks are different. You know, Chris Gutierrez was the hardest kicker I ever faced. I think I took 47 leg kicks I counted on the UFC uh app or the ufc.com and uh man, when I got to the locker room, I had a little man growing on my leg. It was a little hematoma. And uh yeah, it, it didn't hurt then. I mean, yeah, it did hurt then, but when I really when I got to the the locker room, it really hurt. <laughs> So, I mean, just depends on, you know, where you get hit, really.
0: And I think that leads to this question, which was, what does a Douglas Lima leg kick feel like?
1: Well, I've never taken one without a a, sh- a shin guard on. Uh, but one time he kicked me, it went viral. I had the uh, pad. Do you remember that? I had the pad on my leg, and he made me do a, a freaking backflip just about. So uh, he's definitely a hard kicker.
0: For sure. So Marcus wants to know, how is your experiences with USADA been so far? Have they asked to test you at weird times?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they might, they might be here tomorrow morning at 6am. I mean, you just never know. You know what I mean? Uh, They've showed up at 6am and they showed up at 10 o'clock at night when I'm laying in bed and, you know, going to bed. So uh, it's, it's weird. They showed up at my gym. I mean, they showed up everywhere. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm grateful for him though, you know, for a clean sport. And I think I've had, I think I've had around 20 tests so far.
0: Did you hear the story about them waking up Volkanovsky at like 3am on the day of his fight?
1: Yeah, he said he, they woke him up at like four hours before his regular sleep time. So they probably woke him up at about 6am, 6.30 in the morning And he wasn't waking up till about 10 or 12 because he fights so late you know but uh yeah you can't do that you can't do that you know they woke me up at 9 a.m on fight day before but uh i'm an early bird so i didn't really complain you know
0: which fight was that for
1: uh the gutierrez fight
0: okay just trying to see if you know on a week notice you're trying to gain any unfair advantage
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I took I took that fight uh on two week notice and uh I wasn't even in the Usada program. I had to enroll within like three days of me getting there. And then boom, they they show up Saturday morning at nine AM.
0: So AY is asking about Trayshon Gore. Do you train with him? The answer is yes, but what do you think about his fight this weekend with uh Brundage?
1: Man, I think I think he's ready. You know, he's been putting in the work, uh he's confident and uh yeah, he just got to, he just got to believe in himself, you know? And, and he tells me, I I talk to him all the time. He tells me he's ready. He tells me that he's going to fuck this dude up and uh, I'm just ready to to see him put on a great performance, you know?
0: Yeah. He's uh, a very talented guy. And he's one of those guys that like, it seemed like he got to the UFC a little bit soon. You don't often see guys with three and O records get signed, but I've, I mean, I called his regional fights and he always stood out as someone special, someone athletically gifted, but not just someone that's relying on their talent, right? Someone that also puts in the work and has the skill and has a good mindset.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, he he loves, uh, he loves training, that's for sure. And uh, we'll see what he can do this weekend. I hope he wins.
0: For sure, for sure. All right, so last call to the fans. Uh, for questions here. So Grayson says, is there any upcoming Georgia talent we should know about?
1: Yeah. Uh, my boy, Christian Turner, he actually lives with me and uh, he's a stud. He's two and O 20 years old. I think he was four and five and O as a amateur. Now he's two and O pro, but yeah, I mean, he just, uh, his sacrifices and his hard work and, and the coaching that he has behind him is uh, definitely going to catapult him to the, to the big show
0: and lastly sarah said is it hard to train in coconut creek with other ufc fighters
1: oh absolutely absolutely you know you got the best guys in the world and you're pushing yourself every day and the resistance is uh you know one one mistake and you get caught and that's the same thing that that happens when you uh fight with the uh highest level fighters in the world and so you got to be on top of your game every day
0: i know the grappling is 100 percent, but like what's the like the striking uh, sparring like over there? Are you all like trying to knock each other out? It's 110%, bro. It,
1: you, you know the striking and the grappling is going to be great. But, dude, you get in there uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Tuesdays big gloves, Thursdays little gloves, and uh, nobody's talking. All right, what's up? What's up, Cody? Just like that. They're not saying nothing. I mean, they come to fight, you know what I mean? And then – I had to get that moment that that memo down, you know what I mean? Hey, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, these guys ain't your friends. You know what I mean? And that's how it goes. I saw a lot of real fights there. But uh the coaches jump in, intervene, and then after it's all said and done, you shake hands, you know, and make up. But uh Yeah, it ain't no joke.
0: Damn. So no one's worried about like leaving their chin in the gym?
1: I mean, most of the guys got headgear on, really. You know, the coaches are going around putting uh, putting Vaseline on your head. And uh, if things get too crazy, you know, you have three or four coaches, you know, overseeing the mats at all times. So they stop it before it gets, you know, that bad. But, yeah, it's it's uh, serious, people. Guys there are the be- best uh, fighters in the world, and they want to win. They want to win every round.
0: Well, Cody, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. The fans can follow you at Cody underscore Durden. Uh it's been awesome to see your progression, man. Really happy for you. Any message for the fans before we get out of here? Yeah,
1: you know, thank you. Tune into the next fight and uh shout out to all my sponsors for uh supporting me. Uh this last fight camp. And uh let's keep it going
0: absolutely so all the fans make sure you'll follow me on twitter at best fight picks subscribe to half the battle everywhere podcasts are found i'll be back on thursday to break down the Physia versus rda card and until the next time let's cash these bets
1: let's go hey next time